0: Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unmound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to Unmoundretreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Today's actually going to call Redondavot.
1: And Ethan called and said that his patient Uh, CM was in radiology to have a scan and that she needed a medication for anxiety. I went to the AccuDose machine to look for the medication that he said had been ordered for her. I couldn't find it under her listed medications. So I called him back. I was pulling this medication. Um, Didn't think to double-check what I thought I had pulled from the machine. Um, I used the override function. I don't recall ever seeing any warnings that showed up on the monitor. Um, If there was a warning on the drawer, it didn't strike me. There are a lot of drawers with warnings. It's a critical care area. I walked across the hall to the tube station, and at that point, Ethan approached me and he was holding the bag of contents that I had given him earlier. He asked if this was the medication that I had given Miss Murphy, and I looked at the bag, or, I'm sorry, CM. I looked at the bag and I confirmed that it was, um, and that's when he said it's not for said, it's becuronium. So I, I asked him to give the bag to our charge nurse. Now going back to
0: the medication pool, Um, We heard the pharmacist say earlier that there was some warnings, uh, and uh, Mr. Stryans entered the, the exhibit with the vial. Do you recall seeing the warning paralytic around the top of the vial?
1: If it was there, I did not acknowledge it. Desensitizing, alarm fatigue, and you get used to certain processes. I'm pretty sure it's a big factor in how a lot of mistakes happen. You get used to a certain thing. You trust what the computer says. You... Ignore that alarm because you've heard it 10,000 times and it's been you know false or inappropriate. I, I, I won't ever be the same person. Um, it's really... I... When I started being a nurse, uh, I told myself that... I wanted to take care of people the way that I would want my grandmother to be taken care of. I would have never wanted something like this to happen to her or anyone that I loved or anyone that I don't even know.
0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Found End Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson, and today we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Hopefully, we're just able to hear this clip from the case of Redonavotte. We're going to try to go over the case and, and provide details of what happened. So I'm here with my really good friend and my work wife, Laura Zasky. We're both ICU nurses, and you know I wanted to review this case of Fernanda Devot, the 38-year-old ex-nurse who was just criminally charged with negligent homicide and abuse of an impaired adult. We're going to go over the case, go over the systems issues, talk about just culture and the possible implications of this case for us as nurses. We'll give you our recommendations and our thoughts and warning. This is really close to home. Both Laura and I, I'll give her a second a chance, a chance to talk in a second. Both of us could see ourselves in this situation very easily because we've been in this situation. Uh, we might have some feelings about it. <laughs> I mean, we probably do. Um, just before we get into it, Laura, you know, is an excellent nurse. She's been an ICU nurse for 23 years, and she's also a very – like, I feel like patient safety drives everything she does at work, and I just feel like she would be a good person to have on the show to talk about this. Um, so anyway, hi, Laura. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello, Nicole. Thank you for having me. I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I'm excited to be here and slightly nervous. I just have to say that right now. I'm super nervous. So,
0: hello. <laughs> I just nervously laughed, too, because this is a very different kind of show. And, um, and, you know, I'm just, obviously I want to get this right. So low pressure. I mean, a lot of people out here who listen to us every week, they love the show. So um, thank you out there for listening. Uh, how, how are you, Laura? I know you're a little nervous. How I'm nervous, been?
2: Uh, but I'm good. I worked the last couple of days. We actually had adequate staffing. So Awesome. Woo. We had a good couple of days at work. And I woke up to the birds chirping and I just took a walk and the flowers are blooming. And so like things are pretty
0: good. Yeah. Awesome. Good. 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 Um just a couple things to note. I'm gonna just mention a lot of the information where this comes from. So a lot of the sources that I got to sort of summarize this case, um, they were from Nerd. <clears throat> nurse Erica. She's like the nurse Erica on Instagram and TikTok. She's a huge nursing advocate. <clears throat> she actually flew to the case in Tennessee and, um, was there and what covered the trial. There's also a really great video by I'm nurse Liz. She was a great YouTube, um, reviewing this case. I also covered, went through a lot of the CMS, um, reports. So there were CMS, um, investigation reports that are, that are public. And also, there's a great article by The Tennessean that has a nice timeline of everything. Oh my God, are we ready? Yeah, let's do it.
2: I mean, in my head, I just gonna picture us just taking a walk and talking about this like we've already been doing, but
0: that's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Okay, are you ready? All right. Yeah. October 2015, Radonavat, a licensed nurse, begins working at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. The largest hospital in Nashville and one of the most respected hospitals in the nation. And by the way, I think Radana has been an ICU nurse for only two years. I don't know how long she was a nurse, but an ICU nurse, ICU nurse for only two years, working in the neuro ICU. So okay. She's a baby De- nurse. Just have to yeah. fill
2: that out. She's still a baby nurse in the ICU world.
0: Yes, that's she what I. You. That's my understanding. <clears throat> so December twenty fourth, twenty seventeen. Charlene Murphy, 75 years old, a longtime resident of Nashville suburb and gal- of Gallatin, checks into Vanderbilt with a subdural hematoma or bleeding in her brain. December 26, 2017, Murphy's condition is actually improving. She's almost ready to leave Vanderbilt. During the final scan in the hospital's radiology department, Murphy is supposed to be given a sedative Versed, but is accidentally given a dose of acuronium. A powerful paralyzing medication, according to federal investigative reports. The drug leaves her brain dead. Vaught allegedly admits to hospital staff that she's responsible for this medication error. Okay, we're going to talk about what actually happened that day. Okay, and this part of this information comes from the actual CMS investigative report that was done in 2018. So, and also from the other sources that I referenced. So, Rodana's been a neuro ICU for two years. Her employee records in good standing. She just so you know, she's been asked to precept this day by this nurse, Aaron. He wants to work with her because he finds her enthusiastic. She was in this helper nurse on the floor that day. So that's like a what we would call like a circulating nurse. Um, she's well-rested and reports that the unit is well-staffed, staffed. Staffed. Another nurse, Ethan, calls Redonda. He asks her to go down to PET scan or MRI. It's like a PET scan MRI. To go give his patient Murphy one milligram of Versed for anxiety. She was downstairs and needed something to calm down so that they could could get a good scan. Laura... (laughs) Laura, have you ever been in this situation? Yeah.
2: Yeah, totally. Oh, well, actually I have a couple things. Yeah. Uh right off the bat, I'm going to say Versed is an interesting choice for me. I've I never given Versed just to like help calm somebody down in a in a scan. We've given Versed for like endoscopy procedures. Um moderate sedation. Um, moder- yeah. Moderate sedation, but not just to like, Hey, I just want to calm you down. Cause you have some claustrophobia or some, you know, anxiety. So first off the bat, I would say that's just an odd choice in my neck of the woods, you know, maybe on the East coast, that's what they do. But,
0: um, yeah, I know. I found that interesting, interesting choice. Well. Yeah, yeah. Cause again, we work at the same place. Um, yeah, not our, not our drug of choice, but yeah, I brought this up with a couple other people and they're like, no, there does that doesn't really matter that that's what she was ordered for. But again, I I am like, verset, that's yeah, like oh, verset—that's a bit of a big gun, you know. I'd rather give yeah. lorazepam than verset. So yeah,
2: um, but yeah. this 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 thing is like, it's not her patient. Go to another area and just give them a drug. So we have a helper nurse or a circulating register nurse. I love that role. That is great. But you are often thrown in situations where you don't know the patient, and they're just like, go give these drugs. Right. And you have to rely on your nurse's judgment yeah, that it, this is an appropriate thing to do. Uh-huh. First of all, um, I'm losing my train of thought already, but yeah, we're often thrown into situations where they're like, this is the order, mm-hmm. go give it.
0: And Well, it, it's, <sighs> I, and I've certainly been in a situation where like, I always get really nervous and nervous. And I used to, be the stat nurse, and sometimes I would get in these situations on the weekend of like, "Ooh, you need to give this patient sedatives so that they can handle the MRI scanner." And I would always be like, "Hell no!" Because <laughs> they're gonna yeah. stop, they're gonna stop breathing, and or, you know, or something like. Anyway, I'm always on high alert with that, and yeah. but certainly I have given patients medications to relax for procedures like this, and also, you know, I. If I do, they're certainly monitored. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, it, you know, I've been in that pressure, like, you got to give something because this patient's freaking out and then because they really need the scan or otherwise they're going to have to come back. And Oh, totally. So, you know, she
2: had the pressure, like, she has to have it right now because she's going to be discharged. And if you don't give this for her, we're not going to be able to discharge her. Like, right. there's the urgency of you must do it now. We, mm-hmm. I feel like we have that a lot in our job. That yeah. Yes, it's very easy to say after the fact of like, oh well, the big picture, you know, that's not a, a pressure, but
0: it is. No, like, it, is. it get totally is. Get this done now. It totally um, is. So um yeah, important piece about this um information before we go on. I just wanna say that Vanderbilt just during this time frame in late to 2017 was in the middle of upgrading to a new electronic medical record. So an EMR, they were upgrading to Epic and there was a known problem that was happening. Um, essentially the, there were significant delays between pharmacy Epic and AcuDose. AcuDose is like Pixis Omnisol. It's where you get your, it's your medication dispensing. Um, equipment. It it houses all your medication. Like what was kind of happening at um, Vanderbilt was that an order would get in, the pharmacist would verify it, but then there was a long lag time between the time it would actually populate in your patient's profile. We're going to get over, go over like what normally is supposed to happen. And so the Vanderbilt leadership had recommended to all the nurses that they needed to do a workaround. We love workarounds. I'm yep. sarcastic. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. But anyway, they had asked them to do this workaround of overriding medications. Um, and in, I I mean, I guess I think it was somewhere I read it like um for Ms. Murphy there were at least twenty medications that were overridden. Is that right? Overridden, overrode. <sighs> yep. Um, yep. Over- during her hospital stay. Of three 20. Days. 20. hmm Okay. So let's talk about how it's supposed to work. Okay. When you get an order. So the doctor orders your med, and the nurse reads the order in the EMR. Then the medication gets verified by pharmacy. They get, like, a notification in the EMR. And so they double-check it for allergies and other, like, just does this medication make sense? Then the medication will populate in Pixis or Omnicellular Rakidos, the medication distributing equipment. And then the nurse can go to the machine, put in her ID and fingerprint, select the patient profile, select the medication. um, And then, ideally, they would take it out, look at the file before they left, you know, the... The, the med room. They'll go to the room, open the chart, look at the, you know, do the five rights, scan the patient's arm band, scan the medication, draw it up and administer it, and depending on what it is, monitor the patient. That is that pretty much how it goes? That's, that's ideal situation. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. That is ideal. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about what happened here. Okay. So she gets a call. From a colleague saying my patient needs one milligram of Versed, we're donned on her oriente. Go to the AcuDose, which was that's what they were using. They select Murphy's medication profile. There is no order for Midazolam, so the order happened to be placed at 2019. It was verified by the pharmacist, but there was a delay. It was like 2:29 when she was looking for the medication. And um, oh wait, you just said
2: 2019.
0: You mean 2:19? Oh sorry, yeah. yeah.
2: So the order was placed at 2:19. So this is afternoon. It yeah. Was verified at 2:20, and it was not in there at 2:29. Like right, in, and it was the, not in the profile on the Pixus at 2:29. Right.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So they decide to, having been told that this was their workaround, she hits override. Now, oftentimes we do override medications, and maybe we should talk about that in a minute. But yeah, she <laughs> types in, <laughs> she types in ve, the first two letters of Versed which is also, which is the brand name for midazolam. F- so the, she pulls yep. out the first medication that pops up, which is Vecuronium. Yep. What What is Vecuronium? Um, well, it's a paralytic. It's a neuromuscular yeah. blo- blockade. That is a very, this is a very, <laughs> very... Um, it's a scary drug. Yeah, it's very scary. Like, it's a
2: potent, scary drug that you need to be on life support in order mm-hmm. to receive and not have it kill
0: you, mm-hmm.
2: basically. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and essentially, you, if you give it, you need to be intubated, um, monitored, of course. we, You and I, are going. we're going to talk a little bit later about how easy it was for pull, her to pull this out. It's just, the craziness is this whole thing happens so quickly and so fast, like... She goes in, she tr- overrides, she types in VE, she grabs her first, you know, first med. and yeah. in her mind, her confirmation bias is that that's Versed. Yeah. So she should have pulled out benzodiazepine, uh, midaz- sorry, she should have pulled out Versed, which is medazolam and that's a benzodiazepine, which normally if I gave that, I would do some monitoring for. Would you? Yes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. sort of, um, <laughs> it relaxes
2: you. Um, it suppress your respiratory drive a bit Yeah, it depends on how much you get.
0: <laughs> right. So you'd want to monitor you know. your patient.
2: I'm going to back up just a second. Yeah. I don't know if there's any non-medical people who are listening. So a neuromuscular blockade, just to go back to that again, it's a paralytic. It paralyzes your muscles. And if your muscles are paralyzed, you can't breathe. I just wanted to like say that very basically, if you're yeah. paralyzed, you can't breathe. So that leads to you're not breathing, you die. Yeah. You're anoxic, you're, you know. So yeah. I just wanted to like, just be clear. That's why I say you need to be on life support. You need to have, you be on a ventilator or having s- assistance with your breathing because you will not be able to breathe on your own.
0: Right. Okay. Sorry. Thank you. No, thank you. Yeah. And unfortunately, Charlene Murphy died probably a very horrible death. So back to Rodonna. she thinks it's weird that her, the vial is a powder. She immediately turns the vial over to look at it um, for the reconsti- reconstitution instructions. She draws it up, labels the bag, and puts it in, a, in the bag with the syringe. She gives it to her orientee. Um, she says she does not see the warning pop up in the acidos, and that she did not see the warning paralyzing aging on, on the top of the vial. Nor does she say there was a label on the drawer. Sometimes there's a label on the drawer that will say warning paralytic. And she doesn't remember having to actually count the, the medication. Now, normally, if you're giving a controlled substance, you have to do a count. So, yeah. So, said uh, benzodiazepine, you would have
2: to count. Yes. It's a controlled substance. You would have to count it when you take it out.
0: She also says – so she doesn't remember having to count the midazolam. She also said she was distracted talking to her orientee. Yep. Hey, hey, Laura. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been interrupted (laughs) while you're pulling out meds? No.
2: My phone never's gone off. I've never had anyone talk to me. I've never had like – Alarm is going off in the background. No, my God, you're interrupted every single day. I don't remember how many years ago, but at one point we put this special mat in front of our Pixis, and there was like signs everywhere that's like, if somebody's on the mat, you cannot talk to them. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to be like, let's cut down on distractions. My God, you are distracted almost every time you're at the Pixis, And I know we try not to distract each other. You are constantly distracted.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean all a lot of times the, I'm like, oh, time. oh shoot, you're you're doing meds. I'm gonna stop talking to you.
2: Yes. But you are constantly and also let's throw in the fact that she had an Orientee. When yeah. you're precepting You're constantly talking. You, you're constant, like your whole day is talking and trying to train and explain every single thing you're doing. So even like at the Pixis, it would be of course, hey Orientee, let me watch this. This is how we're gonna do it. This is how you get meds out. This is mm-hmm. how you override, because we override every single day, which we'll talk about that later, but yeah, of course she was interrupted. Yeah, you're you're distracted. You're over. Yeah,
0: and yeah. you know she was the one driving the bus on this. She takes responsibility for this. She was talking to orientee, you know. But I I watched a TikToker the other day who said that she decided to count how many interruptions she had from the time she started to the time, <laughs> or at least she wanted to see how long it would take to get fifty interruptions. I think it was nine thirty or ten o'clock. Yeah, shift started at seven. Yep. So. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I can see that. Yep. Okay. Um, she one criticism that she's gotten sort of publicly is like, "Oh my god, this vecuronium is powder versus is liquid. Like, how would you? Wouldn't yeah. you know the difference? Like, hell no, that wouldn't no. be me. I wouldn't make that mistake." Yep. <laughs> she's only given versed six times in this last year, so she's not slinging it around, giving it all the time. And don't we know sometimes medications change on us? Change.
2: Yes. The vials change. I, I don't know if I've ever had one that went from like liquid to powder. I would not be surprised if it would. Like I, things change all the time. Yeah. Vials change. Like in my head, I'm like, oh, sub-Q heparin is orange. I could go to work tomorrow and it could be purple. Like vials change. Um, fentanyl used to be in a glass container where you had to like break off the glass and then it became a vial with a plastic lid. Like medication and- changes all the time.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, side note, always read your label. Well, yes. Always I mean, read it. Yes. That's, I mean, you're supposed to. Yes. Yes. Um, we are. We are. But we're not perfect all the time. Yes. Right? Yes. So this is, I mean. And, I mean, we already know. She made a horrible mistake. Yeah, she And she, she did. admitted,
2: I made a horrible mistake. So she, yes, she made multiple mistakes along the way, but I could definitely see how this could happen to anybody.
0: Yeah, I I sort of initially going into happens. this case. We're human. She said okay. she didn't. We're gonna talk about the warnings. So she said she didn't see any warnings. Um, and actually, if you heard in that clip, she's like, "Oh, there's all the kinds of warnings all the time. You get sort of fatigued." That's a hundred percent true.
2: Yeah, <laughs> there's and there's research on that. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. And so, um, like she didn't see the warning when she when it when it popped up, when she pulled out vecuronium, However, she didn't document that there was a a reason. She had to give a reason for giving it. Um, and she said physician will be present. I don't think she even remembers that, but she, that's what she said. Her reason to give it was, um, again, she flipped that vial over, pop that cap off, flipped that vial over that writing on that vial. Is really small. Yes, it's in red that it's warning it's a paralytic, but it's really small. And if you just flip it over, you know, to read the instructions and you push something in it and you're not really paying attention, it's really small. I don't know. So it's damning that she didn't see it, unfortunately. Yeah. So they head down to PET scan and um, she asks the nurse, Ethan, um, does this patient need monitoring? And he, he's like, no, the, the patient was DC'd for monitoring that morning. And also the docs said that they didn't need monitoring when they got the first set. Yep.
2: Yep. So she was following physician order.
0: Yep. That the patient did not need to be monitored. Right. And then she just, she calls a f- chargers in there somewhere to verify that she needs, that there's an actual order for this. Um, and the charger says oh yeah, there's an order for one milligram per step. Is it Which, because she way, didn't have
2: access to a computer? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So she can't she can't see the order herself. She's going mm-hmm. based off people telling her that there's this order.
0: Yeah. Okay. Which I mean happens. I've certainly been there, but I always try to see it for my own eyes. You oh know? I yes. Yeah. If you I mean
2: ideally, yes. And there's ideally. so many days where I'm like, okay, I need to stop and I need to see that order.
0: But in emergency situations, you know, yeah, you're just she's giving freaking thanks. out
2: down in the scan. You want to help her, you want to give her the like anxiety relief. We got to get the scan done. Your job is to help. Go help. Right. You know, like I can right. see the pressure. She's new. I I know people are going to be like two years experience. She's still quite new in this role. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, okay. So she gets down to Pesca and they're like, yes. Your charge nurse confirms you need to give one milligram per side. Okay.
0: Exactly. So she goes down there. She tries, she finds a patient. Um, she, she looks for a scanner and a computer actually, but there is no computer. There is no scanner. There's also no scanner in our radiology. Yes. Correct. So yep. yeah. Anyway, so she's unable to scan it, scanning, barcode scanning, scans the med to make sure it's Right. Make sure it matches the order. Like, there's all these, like, safety checks. It doesn't take away the fact that you need to look at it. But it would have been, it would have, if she had had a scanner, it would have stopped her. Yes, 100%. Because right now, she still has confirmation biases. She has reset. Yep. Um, the MRI texts are like, hey, you want to stick around? Are you sticking around? She's like, no. Um, no, because the physician said she doesn't need to be monitored. Right. Now... I get that totally but also like I don't know if I, I this is a judgment call I'm like I don't know I probably would have stuck around because, because you know you
2: have experience with Versed. because
0: yeah, yeah, that, I mean have that, more that's
2: experience. It. we I have experience I 100% would have stuck around. Mm. Uh, I would have had the patient on a monitor some sort of monitor if I'm pushing it and then leaving the room right? Yeah. The the patient's in another room. And I don't know if it's what kind of setup they have, if she can even lay eyes on the patient. Like, can she look through a window? Is there a way so to they, even they visualize have the it,
0: patient? They're on a, they're being monitored via like a, you know, screen. Um, but you can't see them in detail.
2: Okay. Yeah. They're going in and out of the, the, the tunnel, you know, the scanner. I would have stayed. I would like to. Th- I mean, I would have. Stayed. I would have liked to think that I would have said. Yeah, I'd like to think I would have stayed because I'm not sure I've ever pers- said and then walked away. But again, she doesn't have that much experience with it. I think you said she's only given it six times mm-hmm. in the last year.
0: She yeah, doesn't she have was- a lot
2: of experience with it. She's giving one milligram, which ugh, okay, isn't I don't want to that much that. isn't a lot, but you know, if somebody's naive with benzos, it could be a lot. I. You don't again, which is why you monitor because you don't know. But if the order says give it, don't monitor, don't have the patient on a monitor. You don't have to stay to monitor.
0: Mm-hmm. Then you think, oh, this is a pretty benign thing. And you're going off of, I mean, this is as like being in this helper role. You're going off of what that nurse who you talked to said. Yes. Yeah, so the bedside nurse said, just give it, go away. The
2: charge nurse said, just give it, it's fine.
0: Yeah, the there's order an order. Yeah,
2: give it, it's fine.
0: Yeah, so she gives it. She verifies this is a patient. She reads the armband. Um, she doesn't remember, like, actually, I mean, she verifies it's a patient, but she doesn't remember necessarily reading the armband. Um, yeah, because it could have just been, hey, can you tell me your name? Right, exactly. Or, hey, are you Are you Susie so-and-so? Smith? Are yeah. you Charlene Murphy? Yes. Um, the texts ask her if she's going to stay. She says, no. So she, she gives it. It burns. The patient says, oh, it burns when she gives it. And then she flashes it. And and she's out of there. So her and her auntie, Darren, head off to the emergency department. About 30 minutes later, because she was in the scanner for 30 minutes. So I've heard 20 to 30 minutes. They hear code blue overhead. Wouldn't she be like, oh, f- fuck, that's my patient? Yeah. Like, I, like, oh, my I God. T- <laughs> code yeah, blue. Totally be like, "Oh my god." You know, anyway. Um so I don't I don't know if she was thinking about that truthfully. F- so the code team comes, they re- perform a few rounds of CPR, the patient gets ROSC, which is re- return of spontaneous circulation. She's brought back up to the ICU um and I mean she's being stabilized Essentially, she has a huge hypoxic injury from being without oxygen. At some point, Ratana heads, not too long after I think the code was called, Radana heads back up to the ICU to see the patients arriving. And um, the patient's nurse brings Ethan, brings the med vial and the baggie to Radana, and is, says, is this what you gave? And Wait, how did he get the vial? Because I think somehow it must have stayed with her. I don't know how how he got how it. that worked. Okay, maybe like she was helping out, and she went into the room and put it down, and who knows? Well, because I she... actually
2: I saw a picture of the 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 bag. She had it in a biohazard bag with the syringe and the vial, yeah. and you could see where she charted on it. Really, you know, like on yeah, the bag, right. she wrote like the t- the the date and time and the the dose that she gave written on the bag. So she was probably in her head like. Because there's no computer system here for me to chart it. I'm just going to, like, who hasn't charted on a piece of paper or a paper towel or whatever? And she just. Right. Okay. Sure, but so she... she had it with her. She stuck it with her. She's kept it with the patient,
0: whatever, but it turns up. Yeah. Because remember, she couldn't scan it. And so yeah. she probably was thinking, oh, well, I'll scan it when the patient gets back up. Yeah. Anyway, he comes over. He's like, this is Vecuronium, not Versed. <sighs> So she realizes, like, in that moment what's happened, right? She goes into the patient's room and informs the doctors of what just happened. They say, I'm so sorry. Uh, she, which is just telling, right? Because they know immediately that what happened. Yeah. She, oh, she calls the chargers, has um, someone give them the vial and the baggie for safekeeping, I cannot imagine how difficult that would have been. Um, I have just a pit in my stomach right now just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's very forthcoming in her um, testimony that, you know, she, this is just like her worst nightmare. She's remorseful. She can't, she's just, Like, as someone who is trying to take care of patients and protect them, um, to harm them and potentially kill them, like, that's just your worst nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of speechless about that. It just makes you just feel sick because... Yeah. You can't undo it. Uh Uh-uh. Um... And so,
2: (sighs) well, and the fact that she was so forthcoming Mm -hmm.
0: immediately and immediately,
2: immediately was like, oh my God, this is what happened and tells everybody, like Mm -hmm. she tells the team that's working on her, like she Mm -hmm. tells everybody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, and then I can't even imagine that speaks to her character that she spoke up immediately.
0: Right. Yeah. We're spo- well, I mean, we are supposed to be in this place of just culture where you report. Um, I just c- where there's accountability, um, and where you can report your yeah mistakes. And anyway, she of course was has a ton of te- integrity. Um, tells everybody, writes an incident report that's supposed to be non-discoverable. Yep. Um, CCs, everybody on it, the managers, risk management, um, and, um, somehow this ends up in her, in the prosecuting attorney's hands, which I think is weird. Wait, it was? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to say, you know, obviously she's very forthcoming about this mistake, um, and we, you and I both know how hard that is because we both made mistakes. Um, yeah. I've been very lucky in that none of my mistakes have resulted in patient harm. We certainly know of people who have yeah. made mistakes, who um, ha- there has been patient harm. It's obviously the worst thing that you would ever want to have happen to your patient and I, I almost don't want to go there because it is so awful just to think about. The medication error was disclosed to the family and the patient's declared brain dead and like 1 a.m. the next morning they withdraw. She calls in the morning and calls the charge and asks like how the patient's doing. Um, and then she's told that they had withdrawn. Um, by the way, at that point in time, Two Vanderbilt neurologists report Murphy's death to um, the David County medical examiner, but they don't mention the medication error. Um, They attribute her death to natural causes. Yeah. I I
2: have, I have, I've never filled out a death certificate. It's not within my role. It's not within my scope.
0: So before we go on, I just want to say that I personally feel that Redonda was set up because of the systems issues that had taken place. So, number one, the delay in EPIC. Had she not had a delay, that medication would have populated in their profile. And also, um, she was actually following what was recommended at that time.
2: Yeah, if the hospital said... The system isn't working. We just need you to override your medications. That is
0: what she was told to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, She did. I'm sure she regrets that to this day. But there's some culpability there is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not just about not checking the five rights. Okay. The fact that she was so easily able to pull up acuroneum baffles me. Okay. I did some digging. So the Institute of Safe Medication Practices in 2016 – reported, made a report, um, that there were over a hundred errors with neuromuscular blockades, um, and 20%, 25% of those errors resulted in patient harm. The normal harms, the normal harm is around 1%. So this is far greater, obviously, because it's such a high risk medication. Um, and this was early 2016. They also made a ton of recommendations for how, like, these medications should be labeled, where they should be stored, how they should be accessed. And some, just an example of a few of those mix-ups was like a paralytic was given instead of a flu vaccine. A paralytic was given <laughs> oh instead God. of heparin. A oh paralytic God. was given instead of Narcan. Uh, uh,
2: <laughs> uh, I, uh, that just leaves me speechless. I Wow.
0: Okay. And her mistake wow. was in twenty seventeen. Okay, so a year so,
2: after, so a, you said that that study had been done in two thousand sixteen. So a so year were, later, when we knew twenty five percent of errors with neuromuscular blockades resulted in harm.
0: Yeah. So this this was early twenty sixteen. This happened to the end of twenty seventeen. So, yeah, so we made no changes. Yeah, and there may have been changes like. There were probably, sounds like there were some warnings, but was Vanderbilt following all of the recommendations that was in this report? I don't know, but I don't think it should have been so easy to get. Yeah. Just so you know, in 2019, they made further recommendations like, you know how she just typed in two letters and pulled that medication out? Yeah. There's recommendations to do five letters or four letters, you know, so that you, you can't do a minimum of two. Um, like. It,
2: it does. Like, I, I just thought of something that we didn't really kind of talk about is she was looking up said Right. When I get out this medication at work, it's under midazolam mm-hmm. because every drug has two names. Right. Sometimes three. I like, I, you know, so like, Like she's looking up Versed, which to me means she doesn't even, she hasn't given it that much that she doesn't even know that it's not under Versed. So she's,
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple
2: different things, but that there's two names
0: too, I think. Yeah. Like in in Australia, they only go by the generic. Like I personally think we should only go by the generic. I know why this happens though. It's because Versed is much easier to say than Midazolam. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I know why they do this is because some medications are much easier to say in the in the brand name and so we have providers we sling around these names all the time. Yep. All the time. Levo, yep. Nori, Levo. I we don't give Valium very much, but I'm like Valium versus diazepam, you yep. know?
2: Oh, there's two different names. So also yeah. it's confusing all the time like which yeah.
0: Yeah. She's it's newer. really confusing she doesn't yeah. got
2: the the names down
0: and i could see up doing
2: VEC. this for said vec yeah okay sorry you were talking about how it's it was so easy for her to get vec
0: yeah it was so and easy and there for were probably
2: like right. recommendations to make vec not so easily accessible so i don't accidentally give it when i'm thinking i'm giving the flu shot i don't actually give you vec
0: right the fact right. it shouldn't VEC. be <laughs> that easy to get it shouldn't be yeah. that easy to give like this fact that this happened was it was just really easy and then you know, she accidentally killed somebody, which yeah. is just your worst nightmare.
1: Yeah, lives like, oh my god, Horrible. I could, have,
0: I could have done Horrible. that. Yeah. Also, the patient was DC'd for monitoring, so um, had they been on monitoring and yeah, monitoring, then maybe they would have been able to intervene.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go back to okay. There's a couple things. Yeah, I wouldn't have stopped monitoring her. I wouldn't have had her off the monitor, giving versed. You don't push versed and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um because I know, I know yeah. more, I have more experience. But again, she was following the physician order, mm-hmm. give it and don't monitor.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, okay. I know. Like if uh, you don't know, you don't know. And she didn't know and followed physician order to keep the patient off the monitor.
0: I'm going to like say something I'm going to regret here from the case, but it's like, what would a prudent nurse do? Ooh. A wet nurse? A prudent else too, (laughs) is what they said in the case. When it's like, yeah, even if the physician says don't do it, but you know you should do it,
2: you should do it. I kind of hate that shit. There are personalities that will, that some personalities can stand up. Yeah, for sure. And say no. Other people can't hmm um right and you and then you can always back in the back of your head is like well the physician has done way more schooling has more education they know they're not going to put in an order that's dangerous right i'm new at this job right they are telling me it's okay you're
0: like okay great okay. and then sometimes people are just really lax today's cool about that stuff which i'm always like i don't know why i don't know why you're so lax about that uh, uh. Okay. And then lastly, there was no computer scanner radiology. She, if she had had that, she would have, um, this was never happened. Yeah. Okay. 2018, in the wake of Murphy's death, Vanderbilt officials take several actions to obscure the, the the med error. The error is not reported to the state or federal officials, which is required by law. Um, it's or it's also not reported as a Joint Commission accrediting agency that recommends that, but does not rec- recommends but does not require reporting. <laughs> the risk management management um, person at Vanderbilt um, reports were done about to the Board of Health, Department of Health, which I think reports it to the State Board of Nursing. Um, in early January, she's fired by the Vanderbilt University. Medical center. So, is, I, there was a similar case, I don't know what year, maybe 2011, where another nurse gave a patient a neuromuscular blockade and I think it resulted in harm. Um, and I maybe, even, death, I can't remember. But she didn't lose her job, she didn't lose her license. Yeah, so here in the nursing world, we believe in just culture. I don't believe that actually firing her was representative of just culture. Um, which is basically you look at this system in which mistakes are made. And, um, in this example, this is like the Swiss cheese model, like everything lined up and something got through the hole and that's how she was able to make this mistake. I do think you know, yeah, she knows that she should have looked at that vial um, to make sure that it was ever said, but like everything lined up. And so I think it was a systems issue. Um, so the framework of just culture ensures balanced accountability for individuals in the organization responsible for designing and improving systems in the workplace. Engineering principles and human factor analysis influence the design of these symptom systems so they are safe and reliable. A lot of times you'll classify um, an error as like, for example, maybe impaired judgment, malicious action, reckless action, risky action, unintentional action.
2: Yeah. She wasn't trying to cause harm. She was trying to help the patient. She was trying to help her fellow nurse who needed this done. Right. She was trying to take care of the patient for someone else. Yeah. Um, It... uh, and not so, looking at the vial, and
0: obviously we're not saying she didn't make a
2: horrible mistake, but not looking at the vial was a horrible mistake.
0: Just n- culture is supposed to be like this non-punitive thing. She came immediately forward. She recognized her mistake. She told everybody she had integrity. She had this risky behavior. She should have maybe received remediation. Yep some sort of counseling. Yep. I don't agree that she needed to be fired from her job. Initially I thought, yeah, but looking at what is just culture and also like all of the organizations out there, like professional organization organizations have come forward and said that, that you know, her losing her license actually wasn't great. And then her being pressed with criminal charges is awful. So it's a terrible precedent with just culture. You want nurses to be able to come forward with their mistakes and share what you know, what are what opportunities happened. for what yeah. happened and what are opportunities for impu- improvement in a non punitive format? Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think that this is going to make the healthcare system more unsafe. Yes, 100%. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And we know, of course, she was 100% remorseful um, about what happened and in her board of nursing. Review, yeah. In the court case with the State Board of Nursing, she it said verbally she knew she fucked up, wondered if she killed that patient, and wondered what that they would be like or what they'd done what she'd done to her, you know. Yeah. In 2018, the family, or it's actually January of 2018, Vanderbilt settles and out of court out of court with the, the patient's family, and so they are asked not to speak about it, but they've settled. After Rondon has been um, terminated from Vanderbilt, she takes some time off. She gets a new job later on as a throughput coordinator. And then October 2018. So that's, the- a, that's a non-bedside Non-bedside job. job. So yeah. she left bedside nursing.
2: Yeah. Because this horrible mistake happened. You know yeah. it screwed her up. And she's like, I can't do bedside nursing anymore. I'm going to do something else.
0: Yeah. And we could talk about the second victim effect, right? Which- yeah. You know, you end up ruining two lives.
2: Right? Yeah. Okay, so she left bedside, uh-huh. took another
0: job. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's this anonymous, whatever tip that opens up um, an investigation. So, so it, sorry, it, the tips reported. Also, the Department of Health and um, sends a letter to Redonda saying like the matter doesn't warrant further action. So they're like, they've they've let her off. So she's like, okay, I'm in the clear, I've got my new job. But then, just like a month later, the um, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid conduct a surprise investigation. Uh, and um, at Vanderbilt. And then, at so Vanderbilt. go
2: to her hospital.
0: Yeah. Hospital. And they actually interview her, and she waives her right to an attorney. So. Because she's again, very-
2: in Jess' culture, you talk about what happened. Exactly, you know. And she
0: knows the mistake she made. She wants to be as forthcoming as possible. Yeah, she's um, already been fired. She doesn't work there anymore. Mm-hmm. The Department of Health says we're not going to pursue any action against you. But anyway, so let's just
2: talk about what happened. So she talks to them.
0: She talks to them. She's very forthcoming. So then, after this, they open the investigation. This is when somebody in CMS decides that there need to be criminal charges. So it's like sent over to, I think the DA's office, Glenn Funk, funk, essentially in early 2019, she is charged and arrested, um, for reckless homicide and impaired adult abuse.
2: Yeah. Criminal charges.
0: I'm like, what the hell? I know it's so crazy. Um, and so I feel know. like
2: you didn't say this already. So she has already been fired. She's already been wait, fired. Did we? we didn't talk about her nursing license. So yeah, I was going to say, wait, did we say that again? Because she's, Mm-mm. we we know she her nursing license was revoked, canceled. She lost her nursing license, so after she is this. now. Oh, this is after. Okay, never mm-hmm. mind. Sorry. No, it's We're talking fine. too soon.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. So big picture, she's charged, um, and then she has. Sort of two cases going forward. There's one with the state Department of Health, and then there is the 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 one with the state of Tennessee um, for like the state of Tennessee versus Rodanivat. They are both are postponed due to the coronavirus pandemic. But in twenty twenty one, she in her disciplinary hearing with the Board of Nursing, um, she is charged with three violations. So they take her license away. They give her three violations, um, of unprofessional conduct related to nursing practice, abandoning or neglecting a patient requiring nursing care and failure to maintain a record of intervention. So she's fined $3,000 plus up to $60,000 for the cost of the legal fees and cannot practice anywhere in the United States as a nurse. She can no longer practice. So my question is how is she a threat then? Why do we think that she's a threat? Yeah. She's not a threat. This whole thing was an accident. Like, the fact that she's being criminally charged is insane. And um, this is what her attorney says. Um, but Vault and her attorney argue that the mistake was possible, made possible because of flawed procedures at Vanderbilt. And they say that Vanderbilt was struggling with the problem with the prevented communication from their electronic health records, medication cabinets, and the hospital pharmacy. This was causing delays in accessing medications and the hospital short term workaround was to override safeguards on the medication on the cabinets so you could get drugs quickly. And her attorney feels like Vanderbilt is also responsible. Yeah. So she loses her license in the summer of twenty twenty one and then the jury selection just happened and then her trial just finished last Friday. Um, And they found her guilty of negligent homicide and abuse of impaired adult. Oh, I didn't ever talk about what happened with Vanderbilt. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So just so you know, when CMS came and did that report, they, when they investigated, they told Vanderbilt there were 333 things that they needed to do in order to get their reimbursement 333 things they had to do yeah essentially just, there were all these changes that they had system to make, to make problems. A, system problems yeah. to make it a better place so that things like this couldn't happen again yeah so over they were never things mm-hmm. that vanderbilt
2: needed to do to say this won't happen again
0: mm-hmm. wow <laughs> yeah and Over she, three hundred yeah.
2: suggestions. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yet she is shouldering this on her own, outside of Vanderbilt. Um, the fact that she's shouldering like this, the financial responsibility of the the case, and also, you know, she's gonna have. She might very well have to serve time. I mean, it's up. It's two to twelve years, and they're they're fine. Nothing happened. Yeah. With I mean, they had to make a lot of systems changes but they're not did going they to Did they actually do it? But, yeah. They did. They did make changes. I did hear, though, there's still no scanner and um, barcode scanner in radiology.
2: Okay, oh, wait. Oh, wait. So so you're going to tell me they they try to hide this. They hit it uh-huh. under the rug. They didn't report it to all the national mm-hmm. governing bodies. That mm-hmm. is required by law.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Um, maybe they've made some of the changes. Maybe they've not. You say they still don't have a scanner. And... And Vanderbilt still has no there's no ramifications
0: on them. Mm And no. Yeah. 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 I'd be pissed. Yeah. Like well I, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know. They it's wild to me that they're not culpable in any way. So she's a scapegoat. Yeah, I, and here's the thing: I don't. She would have never been charged with this if there hadn't been a cover up. Because I think, you know, CMS coming in and being like, "Holy shit, balls! Whoa, there's a, you know, there's this case here—an accidental death." Uh, I think that was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make this nurse pay.
2: Yeah, somebody had to pay. There was a cover up, and so somebody needs to pay.
0: Mhm. Mhm. The thing is, like. This is the first time, this is a landmark case. This is the first time that's ever happened. Um, Well, now that it's happened, it will happen again. Yeah. That is the problem. Now, here's the thing. Um, Just so you know, you can send um, a letter to um, the Honorable Judge Jennifer Smith and ask for clemency um, for Redondo, you can say, you know, like, for example, I'm probably going to write a letter that says, you know, as of 2016, I'll talk about the ISMP reports about, like, that we know that this medication was super unsafe and it needed to be carefully stored away and she had, it was too easy. Easy and access, also, yeah. Easy access and also there were system issues in play that led to this mistake. So, but anyway, I'll t- I'll put the address in the show notes of, like, where you can send your thoughts you there she's getting sentenced on May 13th of 2022 um so you can show up to her sentencing hearing if you want um there's also a new candidate for the DA's office so the DA who's doing this case probably could benefit from pub- publicity Mr. Glenn Funk uh which I think is a conflict <laughs> And anyway, um, so there's a different DA running, so we want to bring her, I forget her name, but she, hopefully she gets in office instead of, he gets kicked out. Get him the (laughs) funk out of there. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) What are your thoughts overall? Ah, okay.
2: There's just so many things. This is a horrible, tragic case. Ah, I think the big thing is, I think this is going to have ramifications for for the medical system from here on out. Yeah. Like uh I uh, if you can be criminally held responsible for a mistake.
0: Yeah.
2: Miss and and any healthcare provider has who has told you that they've never made a mistake is lying. Yeah. yeah. Or in denial because yeah. we are all human and we have all made mistakes and you just pray to god or whatever deity you pray to that the mistake you make will not harm or heaven forbid kill somebody Mm -hmm. but we all make mistakes we are human we all Mm -hmm. make mistakes Mm -hmm. and just the long-term ramifications of this like why would you want to go into nursing like right now first of all I'm like forgetting the whole like pandemic and we have no staff and everyone's burnt out and (laughs) we're not paid well I mean there's so many things but like now that like you can make an honest mistake. I mean, she screwed up. We've all uh-huh. screwed up. Uh-huh. She screwed up, made a horrible mistake. And there was a lot of systems in place to help her screw up, right? There mm-hmm. were not safeguards yeah. in place to prevent this. Mm-hmm. And now she's a convicted felon.
0: Right. She already lost her license. Yep. She cannot work anywhere as a nurse. She's not a threat to society. No. And we're just going to lock her up. That's how we deal. Yeah. yeah. If, I mean, that. that's just not how we... That's just not how a just culture works. I do worry about people not speaking up for yeah. fear of punitive... Um, being criminally charged. I mean... Um, oh, that is going to make
2: everything more unsafe. If people can't speak right. up... And we learn from mis- mistakes. Heck, half the things, it's always like, okay, I know this happened to somebody else. And, and you're super aware of mistakes mm-hmm. that other people have made because you just don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You learn from other people's mistakes. Mm-hmm. And then systemic changes happen. Yeah. To prevent them to, from happening again, which yeah. saves other people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But now if we know we can't speak up without worry of criminal charges.
0: Right. Now- I'm still going to speak up. I mean, just because that's who I am. I know that's who you are. Um, I will say though, people, nurses, whoever you are, have a look around where you are in practice. If there's things that are unsafe, say something. Honestly, if like, I feel like, you know, you, We should flood our institutions with what we, you know, incident reports. Essentially, if there are systems issues in place that we know aren't working, um, and that is the opposite of what I think some people are going to do. Like, you know, they're not going to speak up. But honestly, we need to make our environment the safest as possible. And if it's not by us not saying something, is allowing it to happen. Yeah. Also. By the way, are pilots criminally charged if they if there's a plane crash? I mean maybe they probably died in the crash, but are they criminally liable for that accident if there's an accident? I, I'm yeah. it's just a thought. I, I, yeah uh, yeah. Because there's definitely
2: a difference between, like, the civil case and criminal charges.
0: Like, Yeah. Uh, yeah. This I d- is a I, terrifying precedent. Yes, it is. And, you know, here's the thing. And I was talking to Des this morning, you know, and she was her husband's a lawyer. And he says that everyone's going to, like, jump all over this, essentially. They're good. When the ruling comes in that people are going to ask to appeal it and You know, try to turn it over and make sure that this is not the precedent that we sent. Sent. Or set. (laughs) Whatever that word is. That
2: we can get this overturned. So in the future, this cannot happen again.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. So um, I want to go back and just say what I initially heard about this case. I thought that would never be me. That couldn't be me. Like I would notice it was powder and I would stop, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I would have that day. I just don't know. I want to think I would.
2: <laughs> okay. This just made me think of something which we could edit this out if we're talking too much, but I once was given, I don't even remember what the med is. I received a med from pharmacy and it was labeled, you know, IV medication. It looked weird to me. You know, IV medications usually clear, right? Yeah. It was like red. It looked like uh like liquid Tylenol. It oh, was in huh? a syringe. Oh, it labeled, oh. labeled IV. Oh, and I grabbed it and I was busy and I had all my drugs out. And I remember looking at it thinking, oh, that's weird. No, no. And then I looked at it again, like I scanned it and I'm looking at it and I'm like, it's red. When have I ever pushed anything IV that's red, right? It's labeled IV for IV use. I scanned it. I scanned the patient. I scanned the med and it said, give it. And I just remember standing in that room. I had so much shit to do. I was busy, but I paused and I looked at it. I was like, this doesn't feel right. So I put it aside, gave my other drugs, gave pharmacy a call. And they were like, wait, wait, what? Holy shit. They ran over immediately, took the medication from me. And they were like, I'm so like, oh my God. Okay. Yes. It was an, it was an oral. It was a medication for a feeding tube, but they had labeled it IV. So when I scanned it, I could have easily given it and killed the patient.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so. I mean, this is an example
0: of how, this how is easy an example.
2: It is. I could have killed somebody and I would have done the, you know, five rights, scanned it said it was good to go I didn't yeah and I was really busy and I remember thinking if I don't give it I'm gonna have to we're gonna, like track mm-hmm. down the med- you know what I mean I had what? it was more of I was thinking of like god if I just don't if I don't give it then like how much other work I'm gonna have to do <laughs> to right. like track it down and then it's gonna be late and I hate giving meds late you know that mm-hmm. um but I didn't give it and then I I, I don't know I was set up to like it was. I could have easily had killed somebody.
0: Yeah. I mean, th- I don't think the public knows like how hyper vigilant <laughs> we have to be like all the time. Yeah. All the time. Um, yeah. And you, you know, sometimes your brain sees what it wants to see. If you yep. ever have that moment of like, she had a moment, she's bypassed it. She thought it was weird. Yeah. The moment was she thought it was weird. That the medication was powder.
2: Yeah. But like you said, medications change.
0: They do. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I had a I I had, I had a med error. Um, I gave someone like five times as amount of like calcium channel blocker as I should have. The patient was fine. Turned out anyway, the patient was fine. Um, they had a large uh BMI and it was Worked out fine. Anyway, I remember I pulled out the vials. And then I pulled, I remember thinking, that's weird. I need to draw. I need to, I'm getting all the vials over here of this medication. (laughs) Red red flag. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, I gave two vials. And I remember actually I went and talked to somebody about this med because I hadn't given it before. And I was like, what do I need to do? And they told me. And I was like, great. And then. I, like, gave... This was before barcode scanning. Anyway, yes. I gave two vials, and then it was when I was about to give the third that I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> the concentration isn't one-to-one. Okay. Yeah. It's five-to-one, you know? Yeah. And so, um, anyway, uh, yeah. It, luckily, it all worked out. And um, I called the doctor. I called my boss. They...
2: We did everything. Okay. You spoke up, just culture. I screwed up. I made a mistake. I need to mm-hmm. notify everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: We was monitor
2: I... for um, probably felt horrible, probably yeah. kept you awake at night. Oh my God, I totally just like.
0: Yeah, I know. almost had to leave work. I was bawling hysterically. I, I could, I, it was really hard for me to come back from that. I like, you know, I wrote a PSN, I talked to everybody, whatever. I like, I mean, I cried myself to sleep that night. I cried and cried and cried the next day. I just was like, I was de- devastated. The patient was fine. Yeah. But I was devastated how easy it was that I made that mistake. Like, we're per- we're not perfect. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to end this show. That's why
2: this, <laughs> this case is sickening, because the patient wasn't okay. And can you even yeah. imagine here... You- we almost had to send you home because you know what I mean? You made a mistake and you're devastated and it's keeping you awake at night and you feel horrible and the patient wasn't
0: harmed. Yeah. You know, but there's just that like, what if? In, in Yeah. In 15 minutes, Redonda made a life changing decision. Yeah. And it took probably, I'm guessing one minute, two minutes maybe, Maybe three, three max, probably to get the med, pull it out, draw it up, and get it ready. And then within 15 minutes, she had given it to the patient. Yeah. Fucking scary. <gasps> and that family, scary. Never the same. Her yeah. life, never the same. And, her, and yeah, Redonda's life is never the same. Yes. And the patient who we didn't really talk about, but died the most horrible death that she could. That a person could die. Yeah. Listen, we don't want to make this a legal precedent. Um, if you want to go find out more information about this case, you can follow Nurse the Nurse Erica on Instagram and on TikTok. You can um, find that wonderful interview or wonderful YouTube video that um, I'm Nurse Liz did all these documents out there are out there for you to go over like the CMS reports. Um, and anyway, that's where we got all this information from and, and also the article in the Tennessee. And, um, I personally think we just need to be super, just continue to be hyper vigilant. speak up if things aren't right. Try to make this environment the safest as possible. Um, and I do agree. I mean, I'm scared that the, that nursing is going to change forever from this. Um, but I personally am going to continue to speak up if I make a mistake. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's well, how that's how we learn. That's how we make it safer for others. We've got right. to. And we've got to do Ooh. what's best for our patients.
0: One point of, one point of um, advice to all of you out there, if you want to, you can go and look at the 2019 ISMP report on what that's their, their, um, they gave a great um, report in 2019 about all the safe practices for handling, um, neuromuscular blockades or paralytics. Go look at that. Bring that to your leadership. Make sure they' are being followed. Um, cause again, you don't want to be in this situation. Yeah. We don't ever want to put our patients in that environment. So listen, thanks so much for listening, you guys. This was a doozy of an episode. Um I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you like it or not, but let me know if you what your thoughts are. Um you can email me at downtown at gmail.com. Laura, any last closing thoughts? No, I just feel sick about all this.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I feel better after talking about it. I just I, <laughs> I just feel sick. I mean, all of it is just horrible. It's all yeah. horrible. And when I was at work yesterday and I was precepting, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. I just kept thinking about her, about that family. And as I was doing things, I kept thinking, I mean, you're always vigilant. You always want to do the best for your patient, but I just kept thinking, I can't fuck up. I've always thought that, but now it just seems like at a different level of like, she is now a felon and is facing jail time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, okay. that just adds on one more little bit of pressure of us of like, I mean, <laughs> it just l- it just makes me sick all around. I don't even know what to say. Yeah.
0: I just feel Listen, sick. it's worth it to take the extra couple seconds that it is to be sure to know for sure. Yeah, because the ease in which this happened was so—it just—it was so easy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I don't even know what to say. I just feel no. Sick. It's okay. And we're like, gonna. We're oh gonna. We gotta we're wrap gonna wrap go up. throw up now. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna. Yes, go- <laughs> that's what I need to do. I just Where's need to throw our purge em- no <laughs> <perch> it out?
0: <laughs> Where's our emesis bag? <laughs> All right. Ugh. Wow. Okay, what a crazy episode. Um yeah, go support Ratanavot, honestly. Um yeah. make sure this we want to make sure that this doesn't happen again to us. Yeah. Remember this was an accident. She was you know, all the things that she was she she learned from it, okay? She doesn't need to go to jail. All right. We have all learned from this. We have all. Yeah, learned we. From this. Yeah, the whole yeah. Yep. Uh yep. yeah. And I'm sorry that she's living this publicly. Yeah. And Redonda, if you're listening, I don't know if you even listen to this, but I, I support you.
2: We support you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we support you. We support you. We mm-hmm. see ourselves in you. This yeah. Could have been it could any have one of us. To us.
0: Yep. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm gonna okay. close this out. All right. And stay safe and stay sane, and we'll see you on the next one. Okay. Bye. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Oh, that's (laughs) heavy.